up uh, this uh, series we've been doing on God and your job because uh, next week is Resurrection Sunday, and we don't want to talk about work on Resurrection Sunday, so uh, uh, we're going to finish this off. A uh, brief review here, where we've been at. We uh, talked about how God wired us for work, and that work is a good thing. In other words, work is not a necessary evil, and that's how we often think about work in our society, that it's a bad thing, and we've got to do whatever we can to get out of work. Uh, but God actually created work before the fall. Before sin ever entered into this world, God gave a job description to Adam and Eve. He told them to work and to cultivate and and work is a good thing and for us as christians when we think about our job or our vocation that we must first think that it is a good thing and not a bad thing though our work has been affected by the sin we also talked about that when adam and eve fell everything was corrupted including our work in some ways and so there are thorns and thistles sometimes in our work but there's also fruit sometimes work can be extremely frustrating and drive us nutty, right? But there's also joy in our work. And then we also talked about how every job is a kingdom job. That is, uh, we talked about Martin Luther and how he worked on the theology that all jobs are kingdom jobs. That it's not just pastors and missionaries who are doing spiritual stuff, but if you're a mechanic or a carpenter or a CEO or a baker or whatever, that that is just as much a kingdom job. And God can use you just as much as a professional or a doctor or a, you know, a plumber as he can a pastor in his kingdom. And we need to live out, as we talked about last week, remember the kingdom glasses, we had the sunglasses, uh, that we are to see all of life through kingdom glasses. That we don't just put on our kingdom thinking when we're at church or Bible study or doing our devotions, that all the time we're just thinking gospel we're thinking kingdom whether we're at work or here and then we went on to talk about six ways that christians integrate their faith into their work in other words if i go to work how how do i wear my kingdom lenses while i'm at work and uh, last week we looked at three of them and the first one was evangelism that is when we're working we just wherever we are to always have in the back of our mind that we just have this amazing gift to give. When you think about forgiveness and your shame and your guilt washed away, you think about being able to just come into the presence of God and be in this amazing relationship with the God of this universe. There's nothing more amazing than that. And we have that gift to give. And so while at work, we don't want to miss opportunities, but we also talked about we don't want to be overbearing. We want to really listen to the heart of God and the voice of God. We talked about working with a great attitude and working hard. Whether your boss is looking at you or not, the Bible says that whatever your job is, even if you hate it, you are to work at that job as if you're working for Jesus. That's what the Bible says. And so we're to work with a good attitude. We're to work hard at our jobs. And then we talked about working to bless our community and our city, that we don't just think about, you know, blessing our family, but we also need to think about blessing our communities and our city. As Jeremiah said to uh, the people, he said, I want you to work for your city. I want you to pray that it prospers and does well. I want you to work for the blessing of your city. And so we as well in our jobs, we, we try to think 
beyond just work and how can we use our jobs to bless our community and bless our city. And so those are some of the things we talked about. And today we're going to briefly just touch on the uh, last three. And the first one is we integrate faith into our work by really loving others and being there for other people. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Out of all the commandments in this book, what is the greatest, greatest commandment? Jesus gave two. They're asking for one, but Jesus gave two because these two commands are, you can't separate them. And so Jesus said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, I mean, the whole book of 1 John talks about this, that we cannot separate our love from God from love from people. That we must be lovers of people. That those customers who walk into your store or those people you are serving through your job, those people you are to love on them and care for them deeply. And sometimes the excuse they used was, well, my neighbor is just those people I kind of hang around with. They're my fellow Jews. I'm not going to love those Gentiles or Samaritans. And Jesus goes on to tell a little story that, that, yes, you are to love even the people that annoy you. I mean, you might think, well, maybe I'm just supposed to love those people in church. No, the Bible says we're to love all people. Galatians 6.10 says, whenever we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people. And especially those who belong to the family of faith. And so we especially love those here. But whenever we see an opportunity, we're going to love people. Whoever you're connecting with at work, you love them. You do deeds of love for them. I don't remember if I uh, shared the story in an earlier message, but in uh, Tim Keller's book, and by the way, a great book on this whole topic we've been talking about is Tim Keller's book, Every Good Endeavor. Great book. But in there, he tells this, this little story about this woman who uh, was working at this company, and she made a huge mistake. And she thought she was going to be fired, but her superior took the blame for her mistake. And so she went into... Uh, his office and this guy you know lost some credit and he was probably going to get her promoted because he took the blame and she asked him why in the world did you take the blame for my mistake since I've worked in the business world a long time I see superiors always trying to take the credit for my good things but I've never seen one take the blame for one of my mistakes and and she began to push him and finally he says uh, well the reason I took the blame is because Jesus took my blame and so I'm okay with taking other people's blame. And, and this led to a conversation where she eventually showed up at his church because of an act of love. I mean, don't underestimate these simple acts of love when you're working. They can be incredibly powerful. Luther, also talking about loving others, um, talked about how God actually loves people through us. That we're not just loving on people, but whenever you're actually serving at work, that you've got to realize that God is actually using you, whether you realize it or not, to love people. He said it this way, uh, God could easily give you grain and fruit without you, your plowing and planting, but he does not want to do so. What else is all our work to God, whether in the fields, in the garden, in the city, in the house, in war, or in government, but just such a child's performance by which he, that's God, wants to give his gifts in the field, at home, and everywhere else. These are the masks of God behind which he wants to remain concealed and do all things. In other words, 
God loves people. And when someone is in need for food, God doesn't just drop loaves of bread out of the sky and boom, you know. He's got farmers and bakers and the grocery store. And, and those people who are working in the food industry are actually loving that person who is hungry. When your car breaks down and you, and you can't fix it, God is loving you through that mechanic because that mechanic is providing you something that you need. When you need a building built or a renovation built and you can't do it on your own, there's carpenters that God uses to flow his, his love through. And, and so whatever your job is, I mean, just realize that, that it's a mask of God, that God is working through you and behind the scenes to love all those people that you are touching. So we integrate our faith into work by, by loving others deeply. couple questions on that number one how is god using you at work to love other people and secondly how can you love people in deeper ways through through your work and there are some sheets out there if you want to take these home and work on them throughout the week uh, next one here number five is the idea of social justice that we can integrate our faith into our work through social justice that is caring for the oppressed and the needy and the broken in this world the Bible has a ton to say about this. Malachi 3.5 says, I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. And so one thing you can do if you own a business is to pay your employees fairly. Right? They don't, you know, just try to find the cheapest and give them the smallest amount of wage you possibly can because you want to stuff your pockets full. But, but think about people, love people. Um, uh, James 1.27 says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And so uh, Christians often have kind of brainstormed when it comes to their work is how can I care for people in Rwanda? Or how can I care for the oppressed or the widow or those who are just beaten down in this world? How can I use my job to further making this world a better place? And one of the heroes of our faith was uh, a guy named William Wilberforce who in his day saw hundreds and thousands of slaves being brought from Africa to the Americas. And he was a politician. And he decided he was going to use his job, his his vocation to make this world a better place. And so he began to stand up for the, the abolishment of the slave trade. And it was a hard battle, and he lost it many times, but in the end, he finally had victory, and he chose to really love people and care for people through his work. Uh, the people we buy coffee from, uh, Fair uh, Level Ground, they uh, only buy coffee that is, they call it direct fair trade. And so some coffee companies will just find the cheapest coffee that they can find for their company. And even though the, the people who work in the farm, the coffee fields, you know, get nothing and they're, you know, they're just beaten down and oppressed that a lot of coffee companies, like Level Ground, try to make sure they buy coffee from places where the farmers are paid fair wages. And Level Ground, for instance, what they do is they actually have direct contact with the farmers in these countries and have built relationships with them. They pay them fairly. They have... Uh, they provide education scholarships for some of their kids. And so a company who is working to make this world a better place. Uh, other people simply might in their businesses decide maybe to sell something that is made by, uh, you know, 
people who have come out of the sex trade or, or, or support ministries and, and somehow. And so this might take some brainstorming. But how can you, through your work, support uh, the work of uh, social justice? And one of the questions is, uh, I guess I just asked it, but how can God use you and your career to bring about justice in this world? And there are a lot of opportunities. Like some people just take what they're good at. And they'll go out on a mission trip and, and, and bless people in a third world countries with their gifts for a short period of time. So lots of ways you can integrate your faith into your work through social justice. And finally, money. Uh, we work for money. We need money to live. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. We need to eat. We need to support our families. And, uh, and so work is a natural part uh, of what we do to, to make money. But the Bible warns us that if all our focus is on just to stuff our pockets full of money and to make as much money as we can so we can just go, you know, buy everything we want and just live for self, that there, there's, there's something wrong with that. But as Christians, we're called to be generous. And what most Christians strive for is they strive to give a, around 10% of their income they've made from their job and their career, their business, towards the work of the kingdom. Uh, Jesus warning us said, do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but accumulate for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So nothing wrong with money, nothing wrong with being rich. Lots of good, godly, rich people in the Bible. The issue is when money becomes your absolute focus, your God, that's your goal, and not loving God and loving people. And so we integrate our faith in our work by, by working as hard as we can, because we want to get paid as much as we can. That's a good thing, that you want your business to flourish, and you ask for prayer for your business so that you might be more profitable, because the more you make, the more you're blessed, and the more you can give. I mean, one of the heroes of this movement was uh, Robert Letourneau, and if you're kind of a machine guy, you would know. He is the father of, like, earth-moving equipment. He invented, like, the bulldozer, the scraper, a lot of the logging equipment, like the first offshore oil drilling equipment. He was, he was brilliant, but he was a strong believer. And God began to bless his business, and he uh, didn't just stuff his pockets full of money, though he obviously lived rich and, and, a, and a very nice lifestyle because his company was so blessed, but he used so much of his money to do his own mission work, to support schools, support children. A in fact, he have ended up reverse tithing, that he gave 90% of his income away and lived on 10. I mean, someone who really understood that, that I'm going to integrate my faith into my work by praying and having God bless my job and working hard and, and he just wanted to bless the kingdom because God has blessed him. So how can you, I mean, see that in your work, see that in your job, see that in your life, to, to even be praying that God would bless your business or company more so that he might be able to uh, bless the kingdom more. So the last question here, do you see your work income and business profits more in selfish terms or as a way to be generous in loving God and loving people. 
And so those kind of the six ways that we can integrate faith into our work. And the mistake is that some people make is that they just pick one or two. And this really is a toolbox found in the Bible of various ways that we can integrate our faith into our work. So we love Jesus. We love people, not just here, but when we leave here. When we go to work, when we're hanging out with people, we're loving on them, we're praying for them, we're asking God to bless our business, whether we own it or not, we're working hard for our employees, we're, you know, looking for opportunities to speak into people's lives about Jesus. That's kingdom life, right? Next week, 3 o'clock here, Good Friday service. We do it at 3 because that's when Jesus was crucified, when he died at 3 o'clock. It's always a pretty powerful service. We uh, really kind of dig in and uh, remember the crucifixion of Christ. It's a holiday, so you don't have to be at work, most of you, unless uh, you, well, maybe some of you do, but we welcome you out. And then Sunday, 10 o'clock, we're going to celebrate the resurrection, 10 a.m. in the morning. So uh, it's a potluck, so bring some food, bring some fruit, and uh, make sure you bring those Twinkie things, Brian. The, the cream puffs? Do you have any? I like those. <laughs> and... Yeah, we do, yeah. And uh, so that's next Sunday. Let's stand as we uh, close in prayer. Father, we, uh, we just honor you. Uh, you're so amazing, so good. God, we're thrilled to know you. We are thrilled to have your power at work in us, your peace, your joy, your strength. And God, we pray that you would help us to go from here in your love and your grace. May we bless people. May we be a blessing to you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. Check out the compassion table. If, uh